0: This is the Sky's Blue Podcast.
1: beginning of year podcast from the Sky is Blue team. That's me, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Stuart Basson, and Daryl Carpenter. And we're doing a bit of a Sports Personality of the Year review back of uh, 2020 to right back to um, days that seemed so long ago we can uh, hardly remember them. The days of James Rowe in charge and Chelsea and everything along those lines. But of course, 2022 started a little bit quieter than that with a uh, New Year's Day home victory against Kings Lynn Town, the mighty Kings Lynn, with uh, Mandeville scoring, and, well, I have to say, Paul, all in all, it's so memorable, that game, I can't remember it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think they didn't have a shot on goal. We scored with our our only one on target, which was deflected past the goalkeeper, so there's a question there. (laughs) I seem to remember Shimanga had an effort towards the back end, maybe the goalkeeper made a save, I think, but... Um, other than that, it was the most unmemorable three points that I think uh, that Chesterfield got to just cap off the start of the, the new season. 6,000 odd and I think we weren't allowed to speak about Chelsea until after the game. And uh, that's when we uh, we sort of did a bit in the press. But it was um, an unremarkable three points. But I do also remember that we played a day before everybody else because they were supposed to play on the bank holiday Monday, I think it was, or, or something. But we just we brought the game to the New Year's Day, expecting a bigger bigger crowd than than, than what be on the on the on the um whatever in the next whatever the day the next day yeah, was. Yeah, the, the
1: proper officially bank uh, holiday
0: type thing. Yeah. yeah, because they hadn't played on Boxing Day, so no, they brought sure. they had a New Year's Day game. Yeah, we
1: were we were the odd odd team on Boxing Day. It wasn't postponed or yeah. anything. we 23 teams in we just missed out. 6,328 the crowd was, which uh, uh, wasn't wasn't too bad. But of course, this season uh, the numbers have been um, phenomenal, really. So yeah, and after that, Kings Of course, we then got tonked in the next game, but had one of the greatest uh, days of of modern days. Uh, Darrell, at, at Chelsea having earned the tie by uh, doing pretty well. In the earlier rounds. And once that tie was pulled out pretty early in the draw, I seem to remember Chelsea against Chesterfield, all of a sudden everybody's attention turned to there. And initially we thought, well, we might have a chance because they might play their kids. Uh, and they didn't. No, no, I, re- I remember
2: sat on the bus and uh, their team filtered through. And we all thought, oh dear, it could be a long afternoon this. Let's hope we come out of here with, without being embarrassed. And I don't think we were embarrassed in all honesty. In all um we uh, we gave a good account of ourselves and the goal as much as it was a consolation and and wound up one or two of our opposition uh, supporters was celebrated quite rightly uh, as being a moral victory under the circumstances so uh, yeah memorable day memorable day
1: and just what was the atmosphere like amongst that 6000 at at Stamford bridge Daryl? yeah you know, i i was in the the press area watching it uh, but not feeling it,
2: uh, it was, it was pretty special. I mean, we never stopped cheering the entire game. Uh, e- even when they scored, I think we actually got louder each time. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was phenomenal support to see young and old. And I mean, it was literally kids to granddads and grandmas, um, stood side by side, loving every minute of it, just proud to be from the town. Representing the town on a big stage like that, and uh, it, it was a feeling that'll live long in the memory. It, it will.
1: And the second half, Stuart. Of course, it was four 0 mm. at half time, so we drew the second half. <laughs> we got that late goal from uh, Acuazia Sante, but hey, we held the European champions to a draw.
3: Well, yeah, we we made certain changes at half time, didn't we? One of the two of our players, to me appeared to be a bit kind of stage struck if you like um, but you know taken by the occasion um, and and Chelsea raced into that lead but second half we made some changes and I dare say they made a load of changes too which probably made them less effective um, but yeah yeah it, it, you know it, it, if the first half had been as competitive as the second half then you know we might have had more than just a goal to a consolation goal to talk about at the end of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they might've made a couple of changes. They took Lukaku and, uh, uh, of off, but they did bring Havertz on, so <laughs> and Lofty- <laughs> so you know it, it wasn't a bad swap for them. It, it, you, you, you weren't <laughs> immediately thinking, my word it should be a pushover now.
3: <laughs> no, no, I was just um, a bit disappointed that we didn't hang around at the end and say to them, Some of these subs you've
0: got that can't get in your first team, have you thought about letting them go on loan? Yeah, you know, but, uh, I am um, yeah. just remember Jeff. Done. Jeff King was a bit starstruck, as, as Stuart said. He, he was up against Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think, in the the mm. first half on the left-hand side. And he he ripped him to shreds, I think, as well. And there was a bit when... Uh, I think it was Ziyech. Did Ziyech play? I remember I mean, the 11 for Chelsea. Yeah, Ziyech played all night. Yeah. And, and, he, uh, and scored the penalty. And he went past Fraser Kerr like a knife through butter, didn't he? And Kerr was mm. trying to hack him down, wasn't he, at once? I think it was for the first goal or maybe the second goal or something like that. But he just thought, my word, looking at the side on, these players are just like lightning. They were just incredibly pacey. It's nothing like that we get to see week in, week out. Nothing at all. Nothing can compare to it unless you see it on a regular basis. But it was just scary how quick they are. It's just immense. And really,
1: position, Paul... On position in the the press area we were right in it weren't we We were only yeah seven or eight yards away from the touchline <laughs> really low down so our sitting down position was almost head height of of a player running on the park so you you felt part of it like you say from that side on the speed mm. you could even see the speed of thought couldn't you as well as the speed yeah. in, in yeah oh
0: definitely right. it, it was just uh just a pleasure to, to, to be there, you know, in many respects watch it, It's just a shame it was against your side, you know what I mean, that you'd gone to mm. sort of cover and everything, but you wanted something, and and, and Kwasi Santi gave that. But, I mean, the game was over after uh, half an hour, wasn't it, uh, in mm. the 3-0 down, you know, the fourth goal being scored uh, just before half-time, then the fifth just after, um, in the second half, um, and then it sort of... Weirdly, Chesterfield seemed to get better when Gavin Gunning went off. I don't know if there's yeah. any coincidence or anything, but <laughs> but yeah, he was brought into the into the side. But anyway, um, and I'm pleased that their Chesterfield got a goal and in front of the Chesterfield supporters as well. It meant a uh, it meant a lot. There were some naysayers from the Chesterfield end, some that report on TalkSport from the Chelsea end that talk on TalkSport about it being a bit embarrassing, but oh, so what. I don't think it's was embarrassing, was it? A
3: national league side goes to a team four or five divisions above mm. a, a European.
1: Yeah, well, I, t- and, I tell you what. You know, when I was talking to Quasiante, yeah, when I was talking to immediately after the match and told him he was the first non-league player to score on that
0: park for a hundred years, he
1: was not upset. Exactly. No, yeah. oh. no,
0: no that yeah. whoever it was, I can't remember what uh, talk sport presenter it was, but just they've got no they've got no thought other than chelsea and this you yeah. know i mean that that's obviously their idea and they've got no idea that there's other clubs that, if they know. thought
3: that was in any way embarrassing for us what is it like for the other premiership teams who went there that season yes. and lose by rather more than five goals to one well yes, yes.
0: You know. exactly, exactly. Well,
1: well, i'll tell you what the what the players thought about it i was um at the youngsters Christmas party a day or two ago and Joe Quigley and Jamie Grimes uh, were answering all of the the normal questions that you get from the youngsters who's your favorite Avenger and uh, you know <laughs> things along those lines.
3: Diana. Reed, and one, yeah. of, one
1: of the questions was one of the questions was you know which is your favorite ground that you played on and and, and both of those players have played at at Wembley, Jamie Grimes played in the FA Trophy final for Hereford against Hornchurch. And I, I must admit, I was surprised when Joe quickly said he played at Wembley because I'd missed that. But he played for Bore and Wood against Tranmere in the playoff final in the year that Tramere replaced us in the uh, yeah. uh, in the AFL. And mm. uh, 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 and you know, I sort of said to Jamie, obviously Wembley must have been one of your it must have been perhaps the best ground that you've done. And he talked about that. He said, And then, of course, there was Chelsea. So it just showed you how much the players enjoyed it. He came yeah. on for gunning mm-hmm. um, after an hour or so. Um, and that's, in his psyche, has been one of the great days of his career. So 5-1, yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Irrelevant. I, th- I and think
3: it.
0: So,
1: yeah. yeah. And we carried that form into London a week later, North London this time, with a... A 4-1 win at Barnett. Gabby Shimanga scoring two goals. And he became the last player to score two goals for Chesterfield in an away match until Joe Quickly against Scudfield United on the last (laughs) match of 2022. So uh, there you go. First and last National League matches. Uh, The only two times Chesterfield have had a player get a brace in an away game. Nice little Mm -hmm. bit of bookending. I quite like that. Um, That was... Uh, Paul just uh, a totally and utterly dominant second half. It was you know all square at half time, but a, a, an outlet traps like nobody's business in the second half, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was clinical, wasn't it? Um, they threatened in the first half. They've been the better side. Um, they had good moments, Barnet. Um, they were threatening to sort of be be. Um, because they started this season well, didn't they? That uh, You could see sort of signs of yeah. that with Rob Hall uh, being a key feature for them. Um, and, you know, Dean Brennan's a good manager, um, in my opinion. Um, but they were blown away in the second half. Chesterfield uh, really, really played well and moved up another gear uh, to try and take the game. And uh, it's just a shame that Barnett scored in the end. On a, It was a bitterly cold day, wasn't it? Um mm, was, very yeah. open ground and yeah um but thoroughly deserved the three points and you know from that um game uh thought oh. that Chesterfield would go on to make uh make inroads into the you know getting promoted but as we know uh mm. things changed well of course what happened next Stuart
1: was uh well <laughs> it's become pretty traditional hasn't it over the years Maidenhead who always know how to uh uh, uh, really still to stop. you thinking that things are going quite well. 3-2 defeat uh, there, and it had looked at one stage as though Chester were going to dominate. Kelly and Sparks, who always seemed to play well against Chesterfield, had um, made Ned two up. And then King and Shimanga, relatively early in the second half, uh, well, King at the end of the first half, Shimanga, 10 minutes into the mm. second half, had leveled things up, and there were only one winner from there. But it was Maidenhead, and we didn't think that was what it was going to be with Kelly with a, another game. And and that's when clearly things were shown not to be right, <clears throat>
3: Stu. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, I think that was when it, the the fact that the wheels were going to fall off um, became more public, wasn't it? I mean, to, to a certain extent, that might have been covered up by the fact, as, as you said earlier, that it's almost a tradition now that we go to Maidenhead and play poorly, whoever the manager is and whatever the 11 players are um but no that that was the point at which for me you know all the talk of things not being right behind the scenes suddenly sort of materialized in in the performance on the pitch um as as poor as it was really and just afterwards of course the um social media got hold of um someone assumed to be the manager um having a, a sort of shouting uncomplimentary things what can we call it at um one of our players we thought um you know and and that Mm. kind of suggested that all was not well off the field between the management and the players um and i think we probably all began to fear you know for the worst at that time even though i think we were still top of the league after that defeat oh no we were second Mm. yeah yeah
1: um uh, does it whether you can call it dweeb gate or nose gate or something like that (laughs) but it was certainly uh, um, the the exit gate was starting to open
2: yeah there were there were too many unsavory rumors going round about Um, things behind the scenes Um, the word that we used to me quite often at that time was that the uh, there seemed to be um, that the manager had lost some if not all parts of the dressing room um and and it had really started to be honest a little earlier than that when we'd had a a load of injuries in the autumn um and we were we were struggling to string results together after that fantastic start and he seemed to be he seemed to be prone for picking out on individuals and making them Mm. scapegoats um and uh no things clearly clearly weren't right i don't think we were playing anywhere near for instance the either the style or the the way we had done in the in the first sort of third of the season um, and he was making excuses that was it the halifax game at home where the pitch had not been very good and, he was moaning like Billy-O that we can't play football. We're having to hoof it because the pitch isn't very good. And, of course, it all came out in the wash afterwards that the reason yeah. the pitch wasn't very good was he was training on it five days a week, hmm. uh, despite being told by the groundsman not to. So there were all these things knocking about. Then, as you say, dweeb or Nosegate or whatever you want to call it, that made Ned hit social media. And these things don't stay quiet for very long. Um... In this modern age it was different when all, all those four were growing up um things stayed behind closed doors a lot more didn't they and they were chinese whispers yeah. but mm. uh, anything like that now gets out and um and then of course um of course, uh, on, on, on top of all that was was the the revelation that he was going to be suspended and i don't think at the time anyone was quite sure why when it when it first came yeah, to that, life
1: that came after the uh, after the Aldershot match, which was at home the week after nil mm. nil draw, and of course, you know, Daz just took, touched on the pitch, Paul there as well, and around, mm. you know, in in that time, and uh, I, I think almost uh, a, a, an unroll like signing of of Joe Quigley seemed to be a, well, we've got to play it differently, so you need to have a different player in the style of Quigley. Uh, and, and everything along those lines to, to to play a more long game, and in in you know in that sort of uh, time, um, you know it, it, it just again that just didn't feel right. Joe Quigley played uh, for eighty three minutes against uh, Aldershot in that in that nil nil, and you could see the change of style in that game, couldn't you?
0: Mm. Yeah, you, you certainly could. You know, it had done well for Yeovil um, the start of the season. But I, I didn't think he was necessarily a, a Chesterfield signing for the, the the way that Chesterfield had been playing. Um, it seemed really out of character for that, mm. and now you can see why because of because of the pitch, because um, uh, they they wanted a Plan B. Um, I, it was a very expensive Plan B signing, though. I'll hasten to add, isn't he? So <laughs> you know, um, uh,
1: and and the and uh, one of the other ironies of it, Paul. Was it? It came at a time when Denton was just getting fit again.
0: Get. Yes, that, that was the weird thing because I think he came on as sub, did he, or he was there yeah, or thereabouts, he wasn't he?
1: in that old show game,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it was there or thereabouts that he was he was getting ready to to play. I it was it was a bit of a a bit of a strange one, but in, in actual fact, as it's worked out in the future, it's to the benefit of Joe Quickly. So, um, but obviously at that time, he was not number one target. That chessfield supporters were naming as the the possible new signing that James Rowe was going to make. So,
1: yeah, mm. so uh, absolutely, and and so yeah, there's things still going on about the uh, the the Rowe exit, which means that we can't really sort of talk about uh, talk about that. We've all got our own views. We all know a bit of little tackle. What you know, we don't want to start upsetting any uh, any anything that might. Uh, play into the the hands of the courts that will hear the full story stories whatever they are uh, accordingly but you know what did seem to, uh, to happen Stuart was that everybody seemed to rally around the trust and the board and saying well they're not going to get rid of a manager at the top of the league unless there's that there's some rationale to do it and it almost seemed to bring everybody Uh, into a position where they thought, well, okay, I don't understand it, but hey, that's a tough decision to make. And if it's right, well done.
3: Mm. No, you summed that up perfectly, Phil. I mean, you think of times past when somebody had got rid of a successful manager halfway through a successful season, you know, the board would have been lynched, wouldn't they? But um, there was it was still and there is still of course a a greater sort of trust in 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 the trust in their motives and in their abilities um much more than than for any sort of many recent chairman that we've had um and, and and that trust as you say was maintained throughout that whole horrible period i think it helped tremendously that they you know put a little bit of faith in um in the assistant, in, in in Danny Webb, until such time as the thing got sorted out, and he responded brilliantly, didn't he? Um, Behaved with such great sort of dignity and and composure throughout the whole time, um, you know. And 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 the, the grapevine being what it is, rumours about what had caused the suspension were getting out, um, and I think all of that put together, just re just 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 sort of Strengthened the bond, if you like, that between the, the supporters and the trust, and led everyone to continue to have faith in the trust's governance of the, of the football club. Yeah.
1: And, and Dara, what what happened as well? Uh, Danny Danny Webb, there, it had been at Chesterfield, it had been, you know, very much a part of uh, behind the scenes. James James Rowe clearly ran the ship, and uh, um, it'd been. Sort of quite quiet in the in the background, but in those three games that he took charge, easily away one one nil, Dagenham and Redbridge at home one two one, and then Stockport, we'll, which we'll talk about shortly, mm-hmm. the two two draw, he cap- catapulted himself into a whole different stratosphere of of respect from the Chesterfield fans, didn't he? Yes, which has
2: continued, I have to say, to this day. Um, I know Cookie has this. This mad superstition. At the minute, that he only talks to you uh, and won't talk to Paul at all. But that's another subject. Um, but only talks to you when we lose. Um, so I don't want to hear from him personally.
3: Yeah, and
2: I, I quite like Danny. Uh, I think he gives a really honest appraisal of the game. Uh, I, I like his pre-match stuff. It's very light-hearted, but uh, it clearly shows that he's he's a big he's a big influence behind the scenes. Uh, I think I suspect. Um, has got an awful lot of respect from the players as well as the supporters, and uh, mm. I know he's very highly thought of by the board uh, as well.
1: Uh, and you know, he he just he, he seems to be one of the people that say the right things. But he says the right things because he means it, as opposed to saying the right things because he knows the right things to say. He he, he seems to say, and yeah, you know, he seems to have settled in the area. He's found a partner in the area. Is He's happy to talk to people about town when he's out there, either having a beer or walking the dog or something Uh, along those lines. uh, 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 Paul, he, he just seems to have found a home in terms of a town and a home in terms of a job and club.
0: He has a quick plug for the uh, the clubs podcast. Who are you, Danny Webb's Episode is an excellent one to uh, to listen to. Very good. And you mentioned about the fact that he's found a, found a home. You know, he's got. Uh, you know, I think he goes. Does he drink in the barrel? Is it on Chatsworth Road? I think something like that. Is it? I think that's a law you've
1: got to. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes in that, and, and there's another pub, of Brit. I think Britannia. I think something like that. Uh, anyway, in the um, he does, and he, he's an easygoing guy. I'm sure if he does get furious with a player, it'll it'll be with a you know a, a sort of wry smile, uh, you know, hook your ideas up type of type of thing. Mm-hmm. He's always good to have a, have a chat with. It's always nice to even if you're not you know having a, a an on air conversation, he'll always chat to you off air as well. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, the perfect foil for the previous two managers, of of course, He's the the, the alter. The altar manager, if if you will, and um, yeah, no, I like I like the fact that he's a fabric of the side, and it was important. Uh, I know we're coming up to the Weymouth game when Cook was appointed, but it was important. I did an interview with Mike Goodwin um, that he mentioned that Danny Webb was given an extended contract at the same time, so to stay yes. with the club, and I think that was uh, yeah. emphasised pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, no, as we were talking about for the suspension the i i I knew because i'd been i had been told you don't go then and shout out that that any new manager coming in one of the conditions was will you keep danny (laughs) webber danny Webber's not going anywhere and that's that continuity element and if you want a manager in who says well no i want to bring my own people in it would have been well you're not going to get the job then so um you know the, the the board really dug the heels in I don't think they had to deal the heels in as it came out, but they were prepared to, and that's what they would have would have done. And, and that Eastleigh match, of course, it was televised, wasn't it, in a pretty poor mm. poor game <laughs> until that absolutely phenomenal goal from Gertie's Western right mm. at yeah. the, uh, the end. And and Danny Webb's dad, Dave, the former Chelsea player, was, was there. And before he went and did any interviews, he had a, a good long chat with his dad. And uh, uh, really emotional moment for him, and and I'm not surprised really because you know when you're thrust into a position that you were never expecting to, and then you, you you're looking at it and you think it's not going well this, and then you have that absolutely unbelievable goal at the yeah. time, uh, and in the in the time it was, it had been an unbelievable goal in the 35th minute, but an unbelievable goal right at the end.
0: You know, and, just, and I think uh, Phil... adds to it. I think Philly, if I'm right, that his grandfather had passed away pretty recently yes, from, from day, that particular point. A few yeah. days
1: before that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 you're you're absolutely absolutely right. So yeah, great emotional moment. Then of course it was going a little bit off the rails in the the next match against Dagenham and Redbridge, one nil down, uh, and it took a couple of cabbie penalties to 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 give Chesterfield the points in in, in that match. Uh, but again, you know, people were looking at Danny, and he was starting to get the sort of notice, really, uh, Daryl, that that people were thinking, yeah, he's a continuity candidate. Give it him.
2: Yeah, which is which is quite rare, isn't it? Uh, a number of times these these things happen with managers, and and the supporters say, oh, we don't want the cheap option. We we want fresh blood. Or we want this and we want that. But I think there was there was a groundswell of of opinion to say, you know, keep the hand on the tiller. Uh I, I don't think at that stage we any deal had been done with James Rowe for him to to actually leave either. I think we were no, still still in limbo land, kind of weren't we? Yes, uh, definitely. So it, it, it was a really difficult time both for the club, for Danny, I'm sure for all the players. The supporters were a little bit what the hell's going on? We've got the best chance of going up since we got into the National League and suddenly it's all falling apart around our ears kind of thing. And he gave you a little bit of something to cling on to during the madness of that three or four weeks uh, that we were going through and kept results
1: going as well, more to the point. Um, the, the, biggest so- irony of, the, the biggest irony of all though, Daryl, was that uh, his status to legend came after we chucked a two-goal uh, two lead away and only drew. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that, that that was a cracking night at Stockport. I mean, the atmosphere was electric, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Walking to the ground, to an old-style ground with the lights on, um, there was a buzz in the air from both sets of supporters. They knew what was on the line. They were on this terrific run. We got all the problems in the world and for an hour played them off the park, didn't we? I mean, we were two yeah. up. You could only see one winner until Jeff King got sent off. Um, And I know, again, they they pull our legs about saying, oh, well, you were 2-0 and you threw it away. Um, I don't think they'd have got anywhere near beating us or getting a point that night had we stayed 11 versus 11. We were terrific, but the way we dug in as a team, uh, having gone down and then conceded the two quick goals, I mean, you were odds on to lose that match. So it was a point gained, as far as I was concerned, under the circumstances. Yeah.
3: And of course, yeah. the, the way the game went. Sorry, Phil. Um, sort of. I was of going to say there was still assisted... twenty-five minutes to go at two-two, wasn't there? Yeah, no, yeah, 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 And and the way the game went kind of assisted the um, Danny Webb um, legends narrative, yeah. if you like, didn't it? Because the eleven yeah. that he chose were two-nil up, and it was only when one of them managed to get himself sent off, you know, the the, the control of the game slipped away from us a bit, mm-hmm. you know. So his team had still gone there and performed ever so well.
0: And well, I didn't have a good night. If you're going to blame anyone, people might have blamed King for. Anyway, I didn't cool. have a good night at all. I was supposed to do a commentary with Drew Talbot. Yeah. Uh, BBC Radio Manchester is supposed to have had this, or Stockport was supposed to have this. ISDN point in. I tried every single blooming uh, connection to try and get in. Nothing. Absolutely nothing, and we couldn't do uh, commentary, and I was absolutely gutted. And we even yeah. threw away a two-nil blooming lead and had a man sent off as well. So I had a bad night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember. And we've all—well, we've not all been there, but I've been there, so uh, <laughs> I know exactly how you, uh, you 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 felt, Paul. And you know, we were all trying to help each other out, weren't we? And uh, yeah. it just—it uh, just wasn't to be. But ten thousand plus plus crowd. Let's say 25 minutes uh, of time, and st- Stockport really turned up the, the pressure, but couldn't uh, couldn't score again. And you know that 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 two nil lead thrown away was you know the the the, re- the reaction at the end. Stuart, said it all. You know, Chesterfield as though they'd just won the European Cup, and Stockport, <laughs> having come from two nil down, were on the floor as if they'd been relegated from whatever. You know.
3: Mm, yeah, it um, they're funny games, aren't they? Where where you are under the cosh for a bit. And you come away with something, and it and it does feel, you know, you you do feel like the winning team and moral victories and all of that, I suppose. Yes. Um, yes. And for all their pressure and for all the talk and everything, they couldn't beat us even with ten men, you know.
1: Yeah, there've been rumours, Daz, for um, for a while that. Poor Cook had been approached and he turned it down and all that sort of stuff and wanted to bring 63 people with him <laughs> and all sorts of uh, bits and bobs. Uh, uh, and then, you know, a little bit before the tri- the long trip down to Weymouth, all of a sudden uh, Cookies return is, it, it is confirmed. And initially it was, it was just him, wasn't it? There was, there was nobody else um, coming through the threshold at that particular time. Gary Roberts, of course, came sometime later. And, yeah, um, Whilst everybody recognised what a great job he'd done before, there were there were plenty of doubters who thought, well, he doesn't really know this level of, uh, uh, of, of football. You know, it's not the right move for him at this time. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, as soon as we saw Paul Cook at Weymouth and I chatted with him before he went into the ground when he first arrived, I could tell straight away he was up for this. And I knew after he'd gone, after he left in 2015, that he knew he'd got unfinished business here. So it's just one of those. It's a little bit Keith Hill, Rochdale sort of thing. He just feels at home here for whatever reason. I don't know, but he does.
2: Yeah, he'd made it fairly clear, hadn't he, in his, in his interview with Nick, uh, after he'd taken the job, that he felt there was unfinished business. Um, he'd also said he'd not enjoyed management over the previous Two or three years, all the goings on financially at Wigan, and all the fallout of that, and then he gone to Ipswich, been promised certain things, and then found the club sold from under him. And uh, I think a lot of promises that had been made to him weren't kept, and then he was only given was it thirteen or fourteen games or something daft, mm. uh, having changed most of the team in the summer. So yeah, he, he looked like a man that was. As you say, look, looking, looking for, uh, looking for f- familiarity, looking for a home where he knew he would be loved and appreciated, and he knew the people that he was working for, and and he knew the supporter base. And um, as you said, Phil, he also, and I think quite genuinely, feels it, it was unfinished business for him. Um, i don't think he ever envisaged he would, he would be coming back under the circumstances in which he did because you don't very often get the chance to take over a team in the top 2 or 3 in the division do you um no, I, but no but, but there were a lot of there were a lot of underlying issues and of course it all crystallized on that day at Weymouth because once we'd lost Cabby, i think we'd almost written off the season at that point because we were just so reliant on him
1: yeah, and I've, I've just looked and I hadn't realised it was quite as late in the game as uh, as it was. It's down as 87 now. That'll have been the time that the substitute came on, and obviously mm-hmm. Cabby was being treated for five or six or more minutes. So, uh, uh, but I hadn't realised it was quite as late as uh, as that. Chesterfield were one 0 up. Alex Whittle had scored the goal. Ross Fitzsimons was playing in goal for Weymouth and had a blinder, didn't he? And, uh, did. uh, 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 and you know, to be fair, by the time Cabby was injured, we should have being home and dry but it was only only one nil and um you know we, we obviously didn't know what was um what the immediate issue was but as you and i paul sitting up in the the, the main stand at, right at the back and you could see for quite a long time and we could see the ambulance coming on full blues and you think all right okay there is something properly wrong here yeah Uh, um, You know, and whilst I think he did come back to Chesterfield that night, um, and we soon found out that he'd he'd obviously broken his leg and dislocated his ankle or whatever it was, um, quite rightly, Paul, you know, people were thinking, my word, uh, with the greatest respect to Joe Quigley, he's not going to replace the goal again. Man of of the moment in the in the National League, it was so far ahead of everybody else in the scoring charts. I think he was still leading scorer till about three games before the end, wasn't he? Yeah. And uh, uh, you
0: know,
1: it it, it was one of those red letter moments, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you how late in the game he was. I managed to get about five minutes worth of commentary at the back end of a a six team show on Radio Sheffield in Football Heaven. So that's how Mm. late uh, that it had gone on into the incident for. Cabby I mean, as soon the challenge that came in, you could see um, Manoa running in from, from a distance to try and nail him here. And I know that Manoa has won the ball, but the fact that he's gone through Shemanga as well, just straight away, I just thought, and Shemanga, an interview I did with him uh, again after the Barnett game, uh, later on, earlier on this season, he said he didn't know that he'd broken his leg. He tried to get up. Uh, mm. From that incident and then saw that his anchor was facing the other way and whatnot. And then um, it was a bit of a, a, a shock. And, yeah, it was just heartbreaking because, you know, the the, the feeling had been good. Chesterwood took a long lot of supporters down because it was Weymouth, you know, gone for the weekend and and whatnot. Paul Cook arriving and we'd had all the build up with that, with the club putting out an excellent sort of uh, teaser. As well from, I think it was Bron that did it. Bron Jenkinson. And um, had all that as well. And Cook coming just Just taking the lead through Whittle. Deservedly so. Looking like they were going to go on and get three points. And then, bang, one change. It's a key, a, a huge key moment in the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And from then on, yeah. Fraser Kerr's mistake for their equaliser. 96 minute or whatever it was. And he could sense a lot of air being sucked out of just about everybody yeah. involved with Chesterfield. If it hadn't happened before with the Maidenhead game, this was a you-were-there moment or, or you know, you you heard it or you-know-about-it you, you know about it moment that was going to mm. cost Chesterfield promotion. Yeah, in the next
1: couple of games, Daz really sort of put the nail in the coffin, wasn't it? 2-0 up, Cruz in Solihull, then... What was was Western stupid or was the referee uh, uh, conned? We can <laughs> we can argue the toss about that for ages. But from two nil up, comfortable, man down, losing three nil to Solihull, and then uh, Wrexham at home on that Tuesday night in February, um, absolutely sublime Paul Cook football in the first half, but we all knew at half time at nil nil. That Wrexham can't be that bad in the second half, and of course they came out and did what Wrexham uh, do and got a couple of goals. Oli Palmer with them uh, both in familiar style yep. for, uh, for, for for Wrexham, and you thought, well, you know, it, 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 it's it's going south from here, isn't it? And uh, despite the fact that both games should have been won.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Phil, I mean, uh, I think Paul's expression there, the air being sucked out is, is absolutely right. Um, and bearing in mind, Cookie was still getting used to the players who was fit because we still had a lot of other injuries besides Cabby. He found a formation that uh, that started off like lightning against Solly all in incomplete charge, 2-0 up, and then, you know, say what you like, it, it was more than cute. Uh, the referee was appalling on the day, wasn't he? Let's be honest, because uh, he was the tackle oh, later on on the court like, as well that he missed, mm, wasn't yeah. he, and gave nothing for. Uh, and you walk away from that, I mean, lost 3-2, and you think, oh, God almighty. And then on the Tuesday night, we come out and batter him, absolutely uh, 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 yeah. batter him. And Rob Lainton st- saves everything stunning. in
0: that first yeah. half. A stunning, stunning he was.
2: Best goalkeeper performance I've seen in the National yeah, League. yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we also missed some sitters on top of him playing out of his skin. And like you said, he got to off time and you're just thinking, with their set-piece set prowess from long throws and whatever, they're bound to get an opportunity. And of course they did, didn't they? Two, second one, clearly handball. And you just thought, nothing's going for us here. We've lost the manager, top of the league, uh, cabby has got crocked. We, we threw away three points against Solihull and now we've done the same against Wrexham and I think we all, in our heart of hearts, knew any, any challenge for Automatic had gone at that point and uh, staying in the playoffs,
1: as it, as it laid to prove, would be a struggle. Yeah, uh, so, soon turn round, Stuart. In terms of it was a poor game against Yeovil, but a cracker of a goal from Jim Kellerman to to beat Yeovil one nil. And then COVID hit me, so uh, I wasn't at the excellent showing against Notts County when uh, Lawrence Maguire's day in that three uh, one victory. All of a sudden, mm. you think it's going. Then then End at home, uh, um, you know, one one. Um, then Miller scored relatively late to make it 2-1. Um, Paul Cook made a made a change, brought Fraser Kerr, who'd made that error at, at Weymouth, on to mm. shore it up. I think uh, who did he come on? Yeah. He, he came on for a, a midfielder, I think. Uh, 87 minutes came on for or oh, for Miller. Yep. Mm. So a uh, centre half for an attacking uh, left sider and of course scooped in for the last game OG wasn't mm-hmm. it and uh, at that yeah. point I think all oh, right okay
3: hmm. just everything you seemed to try to do to swing the game your way actually swung it away from you didn't you around that sort of time um mm-hmm. at the knots performance was tremendous I thought um you know, and and we went to Boreham Wood, didn't we? At uh, yeah. late goal from Asante that we couldn't hold on to a lead for. That that was becoming a bit of a characteristic. But we, yeah, know, we should have who, beaten Clifton Boreham Wood on the balance a the supply.
1: Yeah, you know. giant Clifton who came off the bench just battered his way out of the far post from a free corner, wasn't it, to mm. uh, to equalise for for Boreham Wood eight eighty eight. But yeah. yeah, we'll we'll not talk about the game much because it, it wasn't uh, uh, it was another. Not a great game, but we actually did meet Mainhead in the match Yeah. <laughs> so, First
0: time man. ever. First time ever.
1: Yeah. I, I I know. And and then all of a sudden we had a, a run of let me just count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games with two wins and uh the seasons blown over, yeah. hasn't it? Just the wins against yes, just Dover, and that was a hard, a hard match coming from behind twice to beat Dover 3-2. And mm. Wheelston, which of course was the uh a uh, 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 couple of good goals from Grimes and Quigley um mm. but when we went into the the final home match of the season against Woking um you know there were people thinking well do you know what I don't you know if, if we don't make the playoffs it's not the end of the, the world because we ain't going to do anything anyway and then of course go to Halifax and win two one and it's wow where did that come from?
3: Yeah, it um, it was an excellent performance, wasn't it? I, I think we benefited from were Halifax in with a shout of automatic promotion until a few games before the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I think they had been, but it and was I think we a benefited
3: shot. a bit from their failure to do that, in that they weren't mm-hmm. at all in the right frame of mind to play a playoff match. It seemed to me, um, but you yeah, still, to hits, to you? Mm-hmm. You still have to be able hit, to capitalise, don't you? Sorry, really. we still have to be able to capitalise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you still have to be able to go there, play well um, and beat them. Of course, there was all the talk wasn't earlier in the season of their manager coming to, to replace Rowe, and, and he decided to stay at Halifax. And then we went and knocked them out of the playoffs. So there was a certain amount of satisfaction in that, as I recall. Um, but yeah, we it it was... <laughs> Uh, was there a parallel with that feeling, you know, if we don't get in the playoffs, it, it might spare us humiliation, you know, we can build for next year and all of that, was there a parallel with a similar sort of feeling in in League One when we got into the yeah. playoffs? You know, because we weren't ever so good in the last few games of that season, if I recall. No,
0: I think um, a win over, was it a 1-0 win yeah. over Crew in the last minute? capitalised. Yeah, you know, Bristol yeah, that's City it at home,
3: we
1: the critical differences between the two was in the, the the league one playoffs uh at the start of the season we weren't expected to do anything like that no no yeah. <laughs> whereas halfway through this you know last season we were expected mm. to be champions so yeah. you know the, yeah. the, the feeling was different it was a you know we've not got the firepower uh of the Prestons of this world in 2015 mm. which we clearly hadn't um
3: interesting of but, course that we yeah. lost our leading scorer <laughs> halfway through both seasons
0: <laughs> yes yeah
1: yeah, yeah very, you know. very much so but but we'd never we, we we'd never really been challenging the top that season had we so to no, make the playoffs no. was was an absolutely terrific yeah, there, there were great great teams in the likes of Swindon MK Dons and Preston who were those three were head and shoulders above the rest Mm, uh, yeah. uh, um, you know, so I, I think making the playoffs there was a, oh, you never know, you never know what might happen, uh, mm. whereas this one was, well, I we'll know what will happen if we get to the playoffs, we'll get humiliated but yeah. that 2-1 game against Halifax ch- ch- changed it all around and when Joe Quigley made it 1-0 at Solihull Moors in the uh, in, in in the conference playoff, which of course was one step the, further than we'd gone the year before, let's not yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: forget Absolutely. Uh, it was
1: all of a sudden, oh right here we go but then just couldn't quite quite hold on.
0: No, I, I thought that Halifax game, I thought, well, that came out of nowhere. You know, that, that result absolutely came out of nowhere because Halifax would have been heavy favourites going into that finishing fourth. You know, huh. but then taking that momentum forward into the Solihull-Moores game, you're thinking, well, right, OK, right, we'll have a go here with solihull Moors. You know, yeah. be, Chess will yeah. beat them at there, you know, we'll beat them at Solihull. And, you know, we... Uh, unluckily lost at home i'd say uh against them at, at the technique let's have a right good go so eight minutes in quickly scored, thinking right game on here this is uh this was mm-hmm. have a go but of course solihull Moors had a bit, a bit more about them didn't they uh, mm-hmm. didn't they? uh mm. dallas goodger and how um or how rather um put us to, to the sword somewhat yeah
1: yeah halifax had been unbeaten at home in 10 when when we went there and won mm. So, you know, they, they were on, on fire at, at the Shea. No question about that. But uh, couldn't quite get there. And, yes, those of us who are optimists would say, well, hey, we've gone one step further than the last time. But, does it was a season that promised so much and ultimately ended in a disappointing fashion.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely what might have been, I think. Um, it's progress. <laughs> in literal terms, it's progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you look... Where the club was, where the team and the squad were, who we got in charge. If you look back to when John Pemberton John. left, I mean, we were light years further forward in reality. Yeah. And, and much more geared up for a summer of change, which we knew we were going to have, and then to launch uh, a, another attack um, under Paul Cook uh which thankfully is materialized and uh i know there's one or two people already saying that you know the the title's gone i I don't think it's anywhere near gone personally um we we win our games in hand and we beat beat nuts and wrexham and it's game on um in fact not lose to nuts and wrexham and it's game on um so I think there's an awful long way to go. There's half a season more or less still to play. There'll be lots of twists and turns. I think we've had a couple of little blips, uh, and I'm sure at some point so will they. Um, mm. And I think we're better equipped all round than we were. We're not we're not reliant on Cabbie uh, in the same way, or, or any one individual player to score the goals that we were. I think did you say we'd had fourteen or fifteen different scorers this yeah, season? Yeah, 15. Um which is which is a good trait to have. Um and he's got options off the bench. Certainly the bench is 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 so much stronger than it was twelve months ago when we were really mm-hmm you know, you looked at the bench and thought, well, who the hell is he going to bring on to change this if you were if you were in bother? But at least now we have got options uh, all over the pitch, really, in- including at the back, which last year was decimated for, for long periods towards the end of the season. So, yeah, I think uh, overall disappointed, obviously, from where we were just after Christmas, post-Chelsea, I think we were all thinking after that second half performance at Barnet that we would be Hammering out uh, and trying to get top spot, but in reality, we fell quite a long way short, didn't we?
1: And my my view, which I've I've shared with various people, including Paul Cook, I've had a conversation uh, with with him about it, Stew, is that you know where, there were people who were were pointing the fingers at, including pundits on TV. Uh, Paul Cook saying, "Oh, look at that! You know, he's uh, blown a winning position and only just made the playoffs by the skin of his teeth." Blah, blah, blah. But I think for me, the biggest issue—losing Cabby was a big issue—but I think the yeah. biggest issue was Paul Cook is a manager who trusts his players and asks them to go out and express themselves within a a, um, a, a particular style. Whereas its predecessor was, uh, if you're standing on the wrong blade of grass at any time, you'll never play mm-hmm. for us again. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah. I think all of a sudden it's a it, it it's a situation where the players couldn't make that transition quickly mm-hmm. enough. They've, yes. they've they've had the the summer and they've made the transition, but mm. they didn't have tr- when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and you can't really spend a lot of time and people. Uh, And, you know, James Rowe was really good at getting people to know what their jobs were. I'm I'm not saying that's a criticism. It's just an approach to how you do it. But Paul Cook's approach is very different. And the players, you know, in my opinion, Stuart, the players couldn't quite get their head around quick enough.
3: No, you're absolutely right with that. Um, It is not a question of the players not having the necessary technical skills and all of that to play Paul Cook-style football. Mm. But as you say, the change from one manner of being managed to another, um, as well as a change in style, um, all came too quickly and at exactly the wrong time of the year. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and the fact that we've been able to change the staff a bit and bring people in and change the style and, you know, be where we are in the league, um, mm. indicates that, that the right move was made in, in bringing cookie in. Does to yeah. me anyway.
1: Well, so ultimate disappointment at the end of 21 22. And so a busy summer and uh, straight into football in 22 23. And we'll be talking about that momentarily. <laughs> After the disappointment of uh, dropping out of the playoffs for the second season on the trot. Uh, Paul Cook started his uh, training regime the way he wanted to do, started working with players, had weeks, several weeks to work with them on the training pitch, started bringing in um, his own players, the players that he wanted to bring in. A couple of underwhelming transfers to start off with, young Joe Cook and Bailey Clements, but then all of a sudden, one or two of the bigger hitters started coming in, Banks, um, uh, George Cooper, Mike Jones, um, you know that, that started bringing a little bit of experience in as well, but all still at a time where they got a lot to offer in their career. And one of the very first things, Paul, that we started witnessing was that some of the inherited players, under Paul Cook were thriving. And I'm just thinking Quigley, Mandeville, King and Grimes, who, uh, you know, stepped up to the plate and the next plate above it.
0: Yeah, Um, regular. Must have given some confidence as well to fit into a system. Um, You know, we know Jeff King is what he is, you know, um, but he's attacking and that's what Paul Cook likes. You know, the defensive side of things, he kind of forgives him a little bit for it, doesn't he? Because he gets goals and assists. Um, Mandeville just needed a, either a kick up the backside or a bit more confidence. I don't know, but he, he certainly does fit into... Um, he was playing regularly under James Rowe, granted, but um, he seems to thrive in the, the three behind, doesn't he? That's his sort of yes. area. And he's, I know he's drifted more onto the, the sort of right than in the middle and um, that he was playing for Doncaster. But he, he again, he, he likes to keep all the possession and possession-based football is what Paul Cook likes. Jamie Grimes is the big surprise for me. You know, he was on his way out, wasn't he, after the the Maidenhead game, as as we touched on. Um, but his confidence levels have gone up and gone up. And he, remember, he's 32 years old now. we I mean, rewarded with a new contract, you know. So, he, he, but once he... he he gains trust in players. I think it is. I think it's trust. Mm. It must. It must be. Then he 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 works with them, and they'll give their all for it. And the thing is, yeah. which I think is quite noble, from either the player and the manager receiving that trust from the player as well. I, he seems to be a good man manager. You know, don't fall out with him. Granted, but if you do, work hard to try and gain his trust again.
1: Yeah. And, and he, he 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 does allow you to do that, doesn't he? He does allow you to to get back in. But Daryl, you know, when we were we were talking about uh, Quigley there, but of, of the players that went out of the door, the biggest surprise, the one that raised the most eyebrows, was Alex Whittle because he'd had a terrific season mm. the year before, and mm. lucky not to be player of the uh, player of the year, but very very unlucky. Um, and and at the moment, the left backs are one of the positions that. The manager's not quite sure about which, which his best player is, whether it's Clements or or Horton. Horton started off with a shirt, and when Clements has come in, he's done really, really well. But last Saturday, Horton played again. So, or oh, last last match, it was uh, Boxing Day, wasn't it? So, has Whittle been forgotten? Oh, I,
2: in all fairness to Alex, I think both of them are better than him. So, it, it's a different argument we're having now, isn't it? Um, it's horses for courses. Personally, I think Clements is the better footballer and he's better defensively. And if if, you, if you're asking me tomorrow who plays at Wrexham, it's Clements. But if, if you wanted to attack teams at home or against a weaker opposition like we had away on Boxing Day, it's probably Horton. So, uh, yeah, sadly, uh, as good as Alex Whittle did for us, uh, I think uh, I think we've improved.
1: And Stewart, the likes of uh, Armando Dobra. I know he, he he was out for a while with an uh, injury. Armando Dobra and the return of Ollie Banks and the introduction of Darren Oldacre. All of a sudden, you know, the the recruitment that Paul Cook put in the the, the summer is it started immediately to bear fruit
3: absolutely immediately didn't it and all you know and all five players in that midfield including two who were here previously um all clicked at the same time all seem to develop an understanding almost overnight you know um they're all talented individuals and i think they all respect each other's ability um and and they just get on so well as a as a, as a team group at dobra on the left is that sort of unknown quantity isn't he that will attract as many critics over his time in football as he does attract people who praise him i'm sure um but you know he has that that certain um golden quality that's that sort of sprinkle of stardust in his play doesn't he that uh you know you don't see very often at he well even in a division or two higher than this one uh, so we're lucky to have him here, I think. Um, and only Banks and DJ Oldacre, just the the, the glue, or the, just at the start of the season anyway, were the glue that that sort of held all that together, weren't they? That gave you that kind of almost impenetrable platform to win the ball back a long way up the pitch. Should Should anybody among the forwards or the attacking midfielders have lost it, they kept the pressure on, kept the press nice and high. Um, and you can't keep that going all season perhaps so you do need to change things around which is where Mike Jones has come in and slight change in formation um, that people thought Cookie would never do would never forsake his beloved formation and change it slightly well he has brought in brought in Jonesy um, and it meant that we're playing as effectively now, as as we were at the start of the season, albeit differently.
1: Oh, well, is Mike Jones the uh, current Paul Cook incarnation of Richie Humphreys?
3: Well, um, yeah, yeah, well, in terms of an experienced man having an influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Experience
1: I, in the dressing room rather than yeah, positional. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm still scarred by poor old Richie Humphreys coming on as a sub against Sheffield United. And his yes. first touch was to roll the ball at, at their player who went on and scored. Um, yes. Against the think- team
1: that uh, Richie Humphries was brought up supporting. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, and and that, you know, one of two two games at that point where I actually got up and left before the final whistle, I'd seen enough, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm still scarred by that memory, but Richie Humphreys yeah. was a good man and a good man to have around the changing room, certainly, and in that respect, yeah. um, Mike Jones has that character and that experience and can be a great benefit to people who are mm. still trying to make their way in the game.
1: And, of course, Paul, uh, Lucas Covalan coming in on season loan from Port Vale, mm. A red card first match. Ross Fitzsimons dragged from the Rock of Gibraltar to to uh, to, to come in, and um, I know Coughlin came back in for uh, for a, a wee while. But hey, Fitzsimons has done pretty well, hasn't he? No,
0: he's done really well, hasn't he? Uh, you know, the the was it four games he played in the Europa Conference League before Chelsea yeah. even started considering their uh, season. Um, well, he struck lucky, hasn't he? Uh, you know, in 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 many respects, because Kovalan getting injured meant he got a regular start in the game. Obviously, he got the three games that Kovalan was out for. Um, but Paul Cook brought Kovalan in because, he in because he plays from the back, he doesn't he? he? And doesn't he? he wants to, he uh, wants to well, uh, bring the defenders right. forward and create areas in midfield for, for space. But he's also got that electric spark about him that. Uh, that can get him sent off, as we found out on the on the day, and as predicted by Mark White, the uh, manager of Dorking, uh, <laughs> this this uh, this bloke's. Uh, well, how, how did you describe him? Erratic, or he's got a temper, uh, yeah, or, or yeah, something yeah, like that, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah He inferred he he's got a red card in him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: and he was proved absolutely correct. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah.
1: So so uh, you know, great start to the season, seven three zero, in terms and. Picking out one or two of the uh, the games, obviously Dorking two nil up and then the, the sending off was that. But the the two nil home victory over Wrexham, then two nil up at knots before a familiar yeah. conceding a couple uh, quick on and then the three two uh, ten man win over South End were for me the, the, the ones to really talk about in in that. We'll take we'll take one of you each. So you you Paul start off with that two nil Wrexham.
0: Yeah, that, that was a stunning performance. Really it's what hadn't happened in the first half in the previous fixture at home, as Daryl alluded to previously, is that the mm. the team Blooming scored, didn't they, when they had the the opportunities to. I me? Mean, um the first goal was Jeff King being allowed to dance into the box, wasn't it, onto his wrong boot and score past Mark Howard, but the second one was a mistake from Mark Howard and Banksy scored um, a, a fine finish, didn't he, from uh, from twenty yards out. Um, and they didn't know what had hit them at all, did they, Wrexham? Um, you know, it, it was like wave after wave of opportunities. They couldn't get out of their own half. And so much so that Chesterfield pushed Mullin and Palmer back to defending all yeah. throughout the game until, mm-hmm. well, I'd say about was it about 80 minutes or something, that they had a snapshot from Mullin which went wide. It, it was 89. It was
1: yeah. 89. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, incredible <laughs> yeah.
1: uh and, and the irony was, I remember saying on commentary at the end that the, the best player for Wrexham, without any shadow of doubt, was Paul Mullin. But that was in his own half
0: defending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah.
3: I mean, I mean was a, there was there was there was
0: performance. It was. There were pockets of Wrexham where you think, oh, they're a really good team. They that there were areas about them in midfield when they had the ball, they were pinging it left, right, and centre. You think, oh, they're 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 quite good. These. Um, which was totally against what Phil Parkinson <laughs> likes to do. <laughs> you know, normally it's just look up into the skies, yeah. isn't it, and everything. Um, but uh, that said to me that this this side mean absolute business. And to take that confidence into the Knox County game as well, and again, 2-0 up. You know, but if it wasn't for Horton's knee, um, creating an opportunity for Langstaff, Chesterfield could have got away with the three points in that game as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh yeah, that first hour, Stuart, uh great performance at, at yeah. Meadow Lane, Mandeville and Asante put in Chesterfield too 'em, like you say, it was uh, uh yeah the the Grimes and Horton, weren't there, that, that combined on the edge of the box at the wrong end. Uh mm. and, and I yeah, I watched it time and again and and it hit Horton's knee, but he was just trying to get to the ball. He was
0: unlucky. Yeah. But mm.
1: but uh I suppose Stuart when you've got somebody who subsequently proved how deadly they are in Langstaff, who not had a kick, suddenly gets two goals in three minutes.
3: Yeah, they've made a substitution, just a minute or double substitution,
0: haven't they? Just a minute or two before Yeah, yeah the deadly Cairo Mitchell had
1: come on.
3: Cairo mm. yeah.
0: yeah. Mitchell and Jim O'Brien had come on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. Sam
0: Austin? The winger had come on, I think. Austin came on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, sorry, uh, yeah,
1: yes. K- Kedwin Scott and Austin came on for Mitchell and mm. uh, yeah. O'Brien. I got it the wrong way around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, and and I think that must have we must have been wondering what to do about that while they went and scored both those goals, you know. But but it all settled down again after that quickly enough, I thought. Um, and really, you look at it and you think oh, that's a game that we might have won if we'd have just been able to avoid a silly minute. But um, <laughs> but you can't, you know, you can't go through the whole season dogging yourself with that. I don't think. Um, and and a, a positive result for us, you know, a team that. Wants to finish above us in the league. Didn't beat us at home. That's got to be a positive for me, you know. Even no, though you were you were
1: mean, and, and 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 as all of a sudden uh, cabby's back in the in the fray. Um, clearly not looking absolutely 100 percent compared to uh, where he was uh, before. And yeah, uh, um, you know, coming off the bench, coming in and out of the side uh, a, a little bit. But as every week went by, Quigley. Looking more and more worth his place
2: yeah it's it's yeah. it's been a funny one, hasn't it, really? because for me, he doesn't score enough goals, and i think I think that's one of the areas where if we talk later about where would you strengthen, I think we need more support up top because I'm not convinced that we've got enough right at the top end of the pitch um cabby i I still think ninety percent of it's between his ears in all honesty uh the the psychological damage of an injury like that until you get a really good whack and get up again I think you know you worry about whether you'll ever be the same again I think all the hoo-ha around the transfer non-transfer to Birmingham didn't help because they obviously planted in his mind that they'd found something <laughs> medically wrong with him and I think we've subsequently put that to bed on more than one occasion uh, with other medical opinions who've said absolute nonsense but it, this plays on a player's mind and he he must have been gutted to have missed out the opportunity to leap bear in mind the number of divisions he was going to leap to go from non-league <laughs> to the championship let's let's not forget mm. and um mm. and so I suspect 90% of the issue with cabbies Between his ears the other thing is When he comes on or when he's had the odd Start I don't think we play to his strengths I don't think we slip no, balls down the Side do of the centre backs and Between people into his feet And when we do he'll Get the penalty like he did a couple of weeks Ago or, or score If if we turn quickly like Dobra did in the Barnet game and slip him in First time behind the back Four so yeah, it's a combination of things. Um, he hasn't turned into a bad player overnight and he's still got a striker's instinct, but w- I don't think we're playing to his strengths when he's on the pitch, is all I would say.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin wasn't involved at all against uh, South End on the bench or anywhere, but by this time, the likes of Ukeg Buleman, Akinola had joined the, uh, the squad. Mm-hmm. Decent start for Chesterfield against South End, Jack Clark scored but uh south end equalized then just as half time approaching ollie banks sent off it proved to be harsh because it was rescinded but um straight after the break uh, stew south end 2-1 in the lead and just felt really really up against it and at that point you know um it, it was akinola initially coming off the bench that helped to to turn that game with quigley and king scoring 62 68 and the Spartans putting in an absolutely phenomenal second half performance.
3: It was, wasn't it? That absolutely tore South End to pieces. Um, for those who, uh, unfortunately, we haven't got vision. My, my cat has just jumped up and is waving itself in my face. So um, everybody's laughing at that, and that's making me laugh. Um, yeah, South End, um, a tremendous second half. Uh, you know, the crowd all got behind the, the, the team and, and, the you know, the place was rocking again. Um, and we got the equalizer, didn't we, reasonably quickly um, and just kept on pressing and pressing and pressing until they finally cracked. And we got the very late winner. Oh, no, no, it wasn't a late winner, was it? It was king on 69. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we, we, you know, we just really turned it all around to our own our own advantage. In the end, you know, there was a feeling of um, wrongness over the sending off that we, you know, rather than feel sorry for ourselves, we turned to our own advantage, really. And and all that gave us the strength to come powering back like we did. Um, great performance that, of course, kept us top of the league at the time.
1: And that, uh, you were talking about, it wasn't late against End, but it was a late show for the uh, the next few games, in one way or another, uh, Jess mm. Ukebulem scored later to equalise at, at mm-hmm. Yeovil. Then yeah. the 88th uh, minute, the...
3: his equaliser, which was the earliest of of the next four late goals. The other three weeks <laughs> Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maidstone equalised <laughs> on 88. Uh, the the match after before Oldacre scored on 90. Then mm-hmm. uh, Maidenhead. Even though Mainhead were 2-0 up, Tyrone Williams started his 90th minute routine there. He scored to pull one back against Mainhead before pulling one back against Dagenham and Redbridge in the 3-2 defeat the week, week mm. after. Then Eastley scored in the last minute to beat us 2-1 uh, <laughs> uh, to end that mad week. Mainhead, Dagenham, Redbridge and Eastley. And how important that week was, Paul, is we're still talking about that mad week.
0: Yeah, we're still talking about it and playing catch-up on the... On the back of that, how much those nine points would be grateful for this uh, that football club right now, wouldn't they? You just uh, just add them on and it would be right up there. So, um, you know, it, it's incredible, really, isn't it? An incredible spell of 90-minute of goals. And you just think, oh, I'm going to get out of this. They need, they need a competition that uh, is not the National League to play. You want to you play a lower league side in your next, uh, next game. And they thankfully got that away at Anstey. so um, they needed something to kind of reboost their yeah. uh, their you know the, the the season. They didn't need a National League game, and they didn't get that. Yeah, and then then five, five wins and a draw in
1: the next six National League yeah. uh, matches, and all of a sudden uh, back back on the, the the bike, guys. Yeah, we we we
2: have bounced back remarkably well. I, I, I have no idea thinking about it where that bloody week came from because there were <laughs> yeah. no signs of it were they in all well, of maidenhead united that, that that's yeah it. It, well yeah we hadn't i don't think we played particularly well at yeovil had we and and, and no. probably were a little bit fortunate to to come away with a point um but it, it was totally out the blue um and it, it was almost as if teams had sussed out. Every goal we conceded seemed to be down that left channel between Horton and Grimes in, in those three games. It, it, was, it was madness. And, uh, yeah, we needed the reset, and, the, and thank God, not something we're used to saying as spy rights, but thank God the FA Cup gave us a reset. And uh, we've since gone on a really, really solid run, haven't we? I mean, the Halifax game, which again, I don't know where that performance came from in all honesty because uh, we started off there okay for the first 10 15 minutes didn't we it looked as though we were going to mm. think miss a couple of early chances and thought well we're going to we're going to get something out of the game but in the end lost quite comfortably um but then bounced back again so what whatever it was in the water for those three games I hope they don't put it in the water again because it was so out of character for this team just
1: to produce three performances as poor as those and mm. you 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 dovetailing nicely there, does with the uh, with the FA Cup, Stuart. It's uh, it's tough to get to the third round any year for Chesterfield, but they're starting the qualifiers. So to to, mm. to battle through qualifier four, round one and round two, three successful rounds. These things just don't happen, do they?
3: Well, no, except they have happened twice on the twice on the now, haven't yeah. they? Um, yeah. No, it, 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 it doesn't happen to us, does it, that we win one, two, three games in succession in the Cup in successive years. It's, uh, you know, in this season, we've so far won them to love, haven't we? You know, we've not conceded
0: yeah. a goal in it yet. Um, Dobras scored in every game as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: And both the stuff Northampton... And, sorry, Phil.
1: Yeah, gr- lots of great statty things on the FA Cup this mm. season
3: yeah you know both the northampton and the wimbledon games were won in some degree of comfort i thought mm. you mm. know um you know these are teams that are in a division above us and what wimbledon had not lost for 13 matches or something hadn't they um yeah you mm. know and yet we go there and, and and it just seems a fairly straightforward we'll go and do this and we'll beat them and we did it you know um so which, looking which,
1: at looking Looking, Stuart, forward to the West Brom game early in the uh, the new year, it's, it's only the third time in Chesterfield's history that they'll be welcoming to their own ground a team that's won the FA Cup five or more times at the time mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. Uh, Blackburn Rovers back in the early 60s and Aston Villa in the 30s are the only time that Chesterfield have welcomed a five or more times Cup winner. I think Villa and Blackburn have both won it six times at the time they visited. Of course, we've played Arsenal at home in the cup, but I don't think they ever won the FA Cup when we played. No, in the no, 30s. They're, they're a recent, a recent team to to win it. Mm. So, you know, to me, it's a, a fantastic draw. Not playing West Brom for 48 years. And uh, of course they're four divisions higher than us. So if Chesterfield do beat West Brom, Stuart, it'll be statistically the biggest giant killing we've ever had.
3: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: you you look in terms back of to the... positions between the two teams. Mm, yeah, Um. you... you Midland, Midland League B- beating Everton is a big one in 1918 or 17 or 14 or whenever it was, mm, but of course well, the Midland be- League was technically immediately below uh, the Football League at that time, wasn't it? It
3: was, but it was some way below the Football League, and that's what makes it slightly difficult. You know, they, the Southern League was more powerful than the Midland League, so... Yeah. you know but but the midland league was a direct route into the football league for teams in the midlands and the north yeah um beat chelsea uh now we beat bolton didn't we in 19 um, 19- mm-hmm. 12 i think um yeah. but yeah uh, that the, the, that bigger gap has just not been there um it would be it would be quite an achievement i unfortunately since the draw was made west brom have started Winning yeah. matches, haven't they? Which uh, yeah, the new the know. new
1: Gaffer's got a seventy-eight point something win win rate. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, hopefully now he'll be so confident of their ability to succeed that he'll uh, think, oh, I'll rest the first team for this one and just put the reserves out. But but uh, I can't see that personally with a championship team. If it was um, a Premiership team again, they might do. But uh, no, it'll it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, oh, the the, the, already, the
1: was. Yeah, the irony was when the draw was made, you think, Oh, West Brom will be more interested in staying up, they'll play the
3: reserves. Mm, yeah, now you
1: look at the table, it's a uh, West Brom will be more interested in getting into the playoffs. Yeah. they'll play the yeah. reserves.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which just it shows how quickly everything can change, and I suppose spins right back to Daryl's point. I'm not sure whether we were on here or not when he expressed it, that you know, the season in terms of one, two and three in the National League is not over by any means yet, you know? Mm. Um, I think yeah. That's yeah,
1: how yeah. Easy it can change. Yeah, uh, no, no, no question about that. And yeah, we're 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 unlucky that we're just in a division this this time that's got two exceptional teams who uh,
3: appear really? to be.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Stockport head won, won it brilliant. last
3: season. Stockport won it last season, lost ten games on the way to doing. Yeah. It's entirely conceivable that the top three teams in the National League this season won't lose ten between them. you know, the point, if they yeah. all carry yeah. on as they are doing. You know, and, and uh, yeah, well, it,
1: hope, hopefully they will, but hopefully we'll lose no more than four. Well,
3: yeah, 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 that would be nice. Yeah. That, would be, that would be preferable yeah. outcome. But you know, it, 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 it's always a bit of a, a, a bit of a gamble, I suppose, isn't it, when you invest in team, you know, in, 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 in players and and off field teams and stuff like that to try and get promotion. Um, and we might finish third and judge that any. Um, any effort we've made was wasted. But but no, I mean, we, we might well finish third, but we're likely to finish third with a record that would have got us promoted as champions on you know 19 out of the last 20 seasons in the National League. It's just absolutely crackers that Wrexham have come along and finally spent enough money to buy their way out of it and not sort of benefited, as I thought they would do, by the departure of their previous manager, um, he was a decent chap, decent manager, but tended to overthink things. I think, um, mm. and and
0: they've you know pulled out a plum with their recruitment, haven't they? Well, yeah, a small ones, squ- a small squad and a mm. one that's that's focused on on, yeah. on winning. Um, you know, he's working with a core group of players, and mm. they seem to be playing well. And despite the fact, early on in the season, I didn't think they were. Up for it, Notts County, I didn't think. I, I felt Wrexham were the better team out of the two so, on the, the two showings be. that we'd had. But hmm, that said, you know, things yeah, change, don't they? Things we? change.
1: Yeah. yeah, they do. And, and you know, the, the Rodriguez is hardly getting any notifications this season because, of course, uh, the two ex-Gateshead lads, uh, Scott and um, Langstaff, are getting all the the notice. But R- Rodriguez has got eight goals. The defender, Chicks, has got seven. Yeah, uh, uh, and a lot, there's a lad on loan that they've picked up since they they um, they played us, uh, De Castro, who's on loan from West Brom, ironically, who who's been coming off the bench quite a bit, but, he, but he's he's had four starts, eight subs, and scored four goals, so mm. he's obviously added a little bit of something to the uh, mm. uh, to to the thing as well. You look at Joel Taylor, you know, a player who we were disappointed to lose when he went. He started two games this season.
3: He's, hmm. gone on loan. he's gone out on loan somewhere isn't
1: he now? yeah he's got he's yeah. gone out on loan somewhere hasn't he yeah uh richard brindley's still a, a regular the former spy. uh they signed john bostock his uh record so far is three sub appearances no starts and that was you know they they, they um the, the notts county fans were saying oh what a great signing that is well he's not not going into the team yet i don't know if that's because he's not showing what's needed or um he's showing what's needed and it's not enough uh who, who knows but uh um you know they've they've got plenty plenty in there and and they have got a lot of players who are playing a lot of games you know they're not mm. changing brindley's played 20 started 21 cameron's 24 chicks and 24 langstaff 23 palmer 22 rodriguez 23 slocum 24 hey the core mm. of the team doesn't change you know?
3: yeah yeah, so that's their gamble, I suppose, isn't it? That they're relying on nobody getting a tackle from behind at Weymouth and you know out with a broken leg for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, well, we really,
1: you know. we we know what that um, what, what what that does to us, doesn't he? Uh, hmm. Let's just briefly look back at Boxing Day, Scunthorpe United. Um, I think over the years, Paul, that well, we all we can look at this, and it, it's not a question of. Getting into statistical minutiae, the, the the days of home advantage have slipped an awful long way. I, you know, when I first started going, even in a decent season, if you won five away games, you'd had a great season. Uh, yeah. But now the difference between hope, because the pitches are better, the tactical awareness are better, is a, a much closer home and away thing than the, than there uh, uh, used to be. But I still can't get my head round thinking any away win's a good away win.
0: <laughs> but <laughs>
1: that last twenty minutes at Scunthorpe was anything but good, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was starting to get really, really nervy, wasn't it? I mean, it was uh, it was real, it was real sort of hair and scarem stuff, wasn't it? That uh, they had that big one chance that they they got, but it was the pressure from the that Chester just couldn't seem to keep hold of the ball for some for some strange yeah. reason, and just kept giving it away. It was ridiculous. Um, they brought on Ukegbulham oh. didn't they, to try and. Push the ball further forward and keep hold of it and stay up front and whatnot, but nobody passed to him, so there, there, was, yeah. uh, there was that scenario there. Um, but yeah, my word, they uh they had to work hard for that three points, let's just points. say, but just, which is but complete we, contrast to the first half an hour when I thought, Jess, were going to get five at on one stage, yeah, so one stage. uh, and then yeah. they've got against a run of play. What's alarming, though, that i found is uh, the number of goals where Chester would have conceded with a ball straight through the middle. You know, yeah. and this one was a little flick over the top, granted, and it felt kindly for Levery, but again, it's through the middle rather than an attack from the wings. Um, that's, my, that's my concern, but yeah, <laughs> we go into this sort of anomaly again that said, well, three points, three points, let's rub his hands, and a huge sigh of relief. Let's come away with it and move on to the next game and hopefully turn up for 90 minutes, hmm.
1: yeah. And and of course, you know, Stunny, who uh, I think they're on a transfer embargo, they, they, there's a potential that they might have lo- lost a couple of uh, lone players. And yeah. you know, Lavery's only signed up to uh, um, the end of the year, end of the month, isn't he? I think in the month, yeah. And yeah. Like, uh, um, that two went off injured, um. I mean, the goalkeeper went off injured, but I think Dewhurst had been suffering with a bit of crisis of confidence a little bit. But Owen Foster did really well. He only 17-year-old and injured his shoulder. I'm sure he'll not be, uh, uh, not be back. But you, you've got to think, Daz, really, that we'll have enough in the tank to, uh, to, to put it right. Well, we've not got much to put right because we still won, but to uh, <laughs> win with a little bit more comfort at the technique. I don't see the panic that you lads see,
2: I
0: was at the game and I never felt in any bother at all when we went 2-1-0, I mean the, the only problem was 27 took, years, 27 years That's
2: uh, well yeah wow. but it, I didn't think we were in any we've bother we've had it before, the, last minute the, winners the, the only thing that worried me was after the Cook incident when he got sent off, hmm. or actually in the lead up to him being sent off, the referee who I thought had been excellent up to then suddenly gave three of the daftest decisions yeah. to man, to them, which obviously incensed Cookie, led to his sending off. And after that, we never got a thing off him. And that's why they, they were able to apply pressure. Because every time we challenged for the ball, they got a free kick and could launch it into the box. But yes. generally speaking, I thought, uh, we dealt with it really well. It, whether Fitzsimmons was coming and catching and punching, or whether Palmer, who loves to attack headers, which I love in both boxes, incidentally, just just we just got rid of it. The one where Lavery shot his own man on the line, we got the goalkeeper and another player behind him anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I think I, you I, lads are overly panicking in the press box, I really do. <laughs> no. uh, getting back to New Year's Day, uh, yeah, we should have enough to beat them. And I think... Like with any side, we know when we've been down at the bottom, I and mean, you're on this spiral uh, that they've been on for the last few seasons. If we get a couple of goals early doors, it could be how many up. Well, mm-hmm. whatever you give them something to cling on to, and that was the problem on yeah. on Monday, wasn't it? That the having having had complete control hit the woodwork twice and looked like scoring every time we went down the pitch they got one out of nothing and it gave them something to hang on to and if they'd have held on to it for another 10 minutes it might have been really difficult but as it was we got the equaliser what within five minutes was it something like that and then just went on second half and, and and really put it to bed I thought really professionally, to be honest,
1: so provided we get a decent score, get our noses in front you, you uh, all, can stop all I can you. say all I can say, Daz, you were sardining in with fifteen hundred and forty and you couldn't see properly because we were down the other end, and it were lighted. Yeah,
0: you, you must have been there when Ian Barraclough whipped in a uh, a 90th minute winner, and Billy uh, Billy Sharp and Gary Hooper, and I can name it, Andy Keogh. They've all scored blooming last minute winners against us, or, or chuffing last minute equalisers against us. I've been
2: uh, there in for the past, though, but thankfully yeah. none of the above were playing, and that's no, no. why, <laughs> why Scuddy are in the position they're in. That is yeah. a good point. Yeah. Well, well, yes. I.
1: I, I I I I've been uh, I've been down the club today. I was showing a couple of guys who were over from uh, Illinois, showing them around the ground, having a chat. And uh, I did ask what Cookies touchline ban would be, because of course this his second yeah. uh, indiscretion of the uh, the season. Four yellow cards meant one, so I don't know if he'd, if it'd be a two-match touchline ban. And nobody that I I came across actually knew. I didn't I didn't see the football secretary, so uh, uh, I, I wasn't too sure. But I was delighted to hear that because. Like when a player's sent off, they're not allowed to... Be in a position where they can see the match. It's the same with the manager. Yeah. So Paul had to go where he couldn't see the match. And somebody told me today he, uh, he managed to tune into 1866 Sport and listen to the last uh, 20 <laughs> minutes on the radio for his uh, to keep so, it so, he, done, so he was
0: panicking as well. Then was he? Yeah, he <laughs> have
1: been. Have been uh, if you were, were listening to me and Josh, he will have definitely been panicking. No question about that. So, uh, so I'm not quite sure what touchline man he'll get. But of course he he'll be in vision of the pitch. It's. Uh, it's not, um, you know, you're not banned from the ground. I think um, Mourinho got banned from the ground when he was at Chelsea some time ago. But a touchline <laughs> ban, you, you've got to be within, you know, at least a minimum, and, and there's a specific ten yards or whatever it is from from the touchline. But
3: he'll have to stick it hand in his pocket and to buy to a sc- uh, buy a screening of it, won't he?
1: Yeah, well, you're not. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're not actually allowed to sit in the directors' box, though. Uh, I don't think. But but when there's no box as such,
0: there's no line around, What is the directors' box in this? Well, wasn't day wasn't and there age? that wasn't there that rumor that Mourinho went in the kit uh, in, in, the like, in the wicker skip in the wicker skip into the dressing room <laughs> and like came yeah. out of that, did his team to went back in it and was pushed that guy like, out. I think too away many away people the have the been way. watching
3: Escape from Stalag 16 or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah
1: Cookie might be in the barrel watching it on the stream in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
3: what don't, sort of don't barrel up with yeah.
1: 1866 sport commentary Paul. <laughs> so yeah. in, in terms of i know it's a review of 2022 Ron looking forward to 2023 but we can't not look forward to 2023 uh if you look at the club the squad the manager on the 1st of January 2023, and <clears throat> compare it to the squad, the manager, and the club on the 1st of January 2022. What's the comparison, Daz? You had the biggest <laughs> ooh on the pictures, I thought there. So I thought we'll start with you then, because you look uh, the least prepared to answer that. Uh,
2: <laughs> I think the squad is 25% better, if not more. Um, I worry that we're carrying a lot of players that aren't anywhere near the first team. Mm. Uh and they all cost money. And I suspect the budgets are under a lot of strain. Um thank God for a cup run again. Um I also reckon Cabby will go one way or another in January. Wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact I'd be more surprised if he stayed. Um so I do think we're gonna need to bring somebody in up front. But if you if you look at, Asante's not playing very much. Maguire, Whelan's in and out. Clark's hardly played. olieki's due to be coming back to fitness. Sheckleford hasn't played, wow. but he's obviously wow. replacement right back. Danny Rowe, what's happening with him? Joe Cook's down at Dorkin. Is it for the rest of the season? I can't remember. Um, Gaiassi's yeah. out on loan somewhere, isn't he? Where's he gone? Gloucester. Gloucester, Gloucester. yeah. So, just, just those alone... Um if if you look at the the number of bodies we've got, we've got at least two players for every position, with the possible exception of up
0: front, where I think we're thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but, yeah, we've got two on loan.
2: Yeah. Um but my indication is if they're on loan, they're on loan for a reason. I, I agree with trying to keep a match fit and all this kind of stuff, but um had they shown enough I think they would have been kept in and around the squad um, rather than go out on loan. And it is a difficulty at our level when you haven't got anywhere for them to play uh, behind closed doors or reserve games or whatever. It is it is a problem trying to keep play, players fit and or get players fit again after injury. Um, but as a, as a squad, as I say, I think we're at least 25%, if not better, than we were twelve months ago, um I'll take Paul Cook over oh. James Rowe any day of the week uh <laughs> but you know, both in terms of his personality but his now and his track record and everything else. let's face it, Rowe's done nothing had he you know he he'd had a successful eight games at Gloucester City or whatever he was, came to us hit the ground running um in a covid season uh, who knows how much uh that affected things. It was all a bit turmoil while he was here, wasn't it? Nothing was very straightforward. I mean the the transfer thing was like a revolving door. Um at least we've got a bit of stability back in the place. I do th- think we need to unload some bodies um and would like a, a couple in particularly up front, but other than that I think we're in a really decent place.
1: Is Darrell talking sense or stupidity, Stu?
3: Uh, well sense um <laughs> oh good grief <laughs> it, it was, no, i should have tried to sound <laughs> less to to right, no no it um it absolutely absolutely sense there i mean you know we the squad is better now than it was a year ago i think you know you as some i think paul said earlier look at what we have on the bench now compared to what we had on the bench then when we were bringing on you know decent triers people with the right kind of attitude like jack mccourt and jim kellerman but but now we've got people with the right attitude and more ability on the bench Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um as as daryl says i think um paul cook is you know for all his kind of ranting and getting sent up to the stands on a regular basis um is is calmer in in the day to day running and and sort of slightly longer term projection of the team, I'd, I'm not entirely sure that the previous manager looked more than one game in advance ever, you know. And if you had a bad game, you were out, you know, as as we saw, you know, um, especially with um, Grimes in in that that maiden head game is 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 the perfect example. So I think Cook's a bit better at at having a plan than keeping to it. Um, and I think that benefits everybody, um, whether we're better off, I mean, ironically, of course, we're one place lower, you know, or, or two places lower than we were this time last year. So so I suppose you can say, what has that got us? But we're only lower than we were last year because the two teams above us are having an exceptional seasons. Um, but I think we are in a better place, certainly. Yeah, much better.
1: And Paul, I don't yeah. know if you realised it, Paul Cook actually is the manager, and you, know, you you don't talk to him all that often, do you?
0: Really? But, <laughs> I have, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Paul who? I have no idea. Paul who? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Paul who? Yeah. Uh,
1: um, but in terms of you know the feel of the the recruitment, you know, revolving doors was the the phrase that Stuart used. But is back onto that young and hungry. Isn't he? And yeah. uh, whilst Mike Jones is the, the token experience man, and yeah, Ollie Banks mm-hmm. has just, just turned 30, hasn't he? The likes of Oldacre, who nearly jacked in the game when he was at Gillingham a few years ago, and Ukeg Boulam and Akinola. Um, uh, you know, the young and hungry is very much back on the agenda, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's not, he's not using the term, and I quote, waste of space as a into young players uh, that the previous manager mm. was so um he's brought in players that are actually got something going for them and ability mm. to learn as well you know so the, the the previous manager brought in seasoned players for that level mm. um and it worked didn't it it worked um who's to say what Chesterfield wouldn't have done Going forward, there might have been a, you know, a, you know, a shining light moment where, you know, James Rowe stayed towards the end of the end of the season. Not only his uh, sort of discretion got, uh, got, got him out of the job. Um, but you look at it, look at it last season, just was six points worse off, but top of the table, at this exact stage of the season. So he wouldn't swap this season for any other season. It's quite mm. remarkable that the, the, the Despite being better than last season, they're the third best team in the mm. national. League. It's, complete, it's complete folly, isn't it? Really, it just and I think doesn't we should, happen.
3: We should also also consider. I think that at the end of this season, we are going to yeah. be far stronger than we were at the end of last season. Yeah, and that's you know that's when we need the team yeah. to be stronger, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you don't finish in that top spot, you want to be strong, don't you? Mm, and, yeah. and, you know, whilst we scraped into the playoffs last season, you don't see that as being the case this time, you know. Uh, no. the, the, whilst, whilst, give Woking great credit, uh, really having a great season and Jim Kellerman's playing playing really well for them, by all accounts. Uh, you you can't really see not being in that top three, Paul?
0: No, uh, I can't. Um, I can see Jess for finishing second. Um, mm. You know, in that even sort of sort of creating a few worries for the number one spot, but um, that's a wild prediction, isn't it? But uh, but I can't uh, I can't. I, I, no. I just feel are oh, are oh, one of the top three sides in the table. You know, mm. it's how they go against other sides that it sounds confusing, but it's how they go and approach games against other sides they're expected to beat, other than Knox mm. County and Wrexham that is the difference between the three teams. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, no. And you, know, you were saying, Darrell, because we've not managed to get rid of uh, um, some of the players who Paul Cook's been looking to move on to free up pound notes, mm. uh, the, the cup runs helped a little bit. So have the crowds. Yeah. You know, pat on the back for the Chesterfield, the support they're going to be, you know, well over 7000 against Scunthorpe united and there's going to be 9000 against west brom you'd have thought and i know that's a divvy up on the uh, yeah. uh, um, on, on, on the games uh, against the two teams in the fa and everything but you know they, they'll they'll help no no end going into next season of which one or two of the also runs will be able to be, be offloaded that said the daft thing is and i know <laughs> There's a lot of people at the club think this. Somebody like Lawrence Maguire would be a lot better in League Two than he will be in in the National League because of the different level of physicality in the in the game.
2: Yeah, potentially so. Uh, I mean, Miller, Miller was one of the transfer-listed guys. Asante, Maguire, who was the other one? Were the four altogether? Gunning. Gunning, Gunning. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've managed by hook or by crook to get rid of... Um, a couple of them, haven't we? Um yeah, uh,
1: uh, Sandy was taken off the list relatively yeah. early on as well, wasn't yeah. he?
2: So, yes. Yeah. 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 Um so really Lawrence will be one of the ones. But Danny rose obviously on a on a few, Bob, <laughs> and we've been getting some kind of subsidy towards that while he's been at filed but will he stay at File? I mean, they've had they've had obviously the James Rowe thing as well and the change of manager and all that. Does he see his long term future there? Do they want him? Well it i think will he's we, injured at the minute does is he yeah he's not played the last three games i mean will we will we want to but feed? his relationship was with filed rather than yeah with i love, think he's, it, i so. think he's with the owner yeah. rather than anybody yeah. else there isn't it um so there's lots of questions to be asked in the next few weeks. Bearing in mind, if any if any of our players do have aspirations to get into the Football League um, or above, um, they, they, they've got a month to do it in. If, if if you're happy to go to AN or the National League team or below, then you've got to March, haven't you? But I do think there needs to be movement out and in uh, in the next few weeks. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, that's quite rightly. The, the National League doesn't have the window as such. But if you if you do want to go into the league, you, you, you've you got now if another national team, National League team wanted Lawrence Maguire and Lawrence Maguire wanted to go to another National League team, it would have happened. By yes.
2: Now. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Uh, so his the reality with him is if he does go out the door, it'll be almost certainly to a league team uh, unless. Another national league team loses a left-sided central defender to a long-term injury in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. which then makes it a slightly different set of circumstances, doesn't it? But uh because uh, I think he has, I think they have been suitors, other clubs, um, but for whatever reason not not right for 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 him. Uh um but yeah, we, we, we can't expect, I don't think, um another set of crowd because I mean this will be the, the 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 best average crowds all being well Stuart. since we moved to the new stadium I would have thought won't it the this season even, even perhaps beating the Paul Cook promotion uh, uh um crowds are, are they they can't be far off
3: um I'd have to look at the uh at yeah. the relevant seasons but, 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 but they they a, do have amazing. that feel don't they they certainly yeah, do have that feel about them
1: it's absolutely yeah. amazing the crowd, and you've got to think if Chesterfield don't go up this year, it's going to be difficult to sustain that next year. But if the mm. two clubs that go up are Knox County and and Wrexham, you've got to think. Well, looking at the bottom of League Two and the the likes of uh, uh, mm. of Rochdale, you think well, you know, they've got ownership issues at the moment, which whoever thought that yes. because they were very stable a year or two ago. Um, you know, there's none of the teams at the bottom of, of of the division really put the frighteners on you for next season. Yeah. I don't, want, you know, yeah, I want to go up this season. But but if we don't go up this season, you'd expect it'll be Notts County and Wrexham. I know mm. only one of those can definitely go up. Yeah. But uh, um, you know, o- over a two-leg match, I think Chesterfield, Notts County, and Wrexham are better than any of the teams in them likely to be in the playoff zone over two legs. Mm. Uh, then you get to a one-off match, and anything can happen, of course. Mm. Yeah. But uh, so so what what do you predict the final outcome of the season to be? And who, if you had to vote for a player of the year today, would you vote
0: for? So, final
1: outcome,
0: Paul? Uh, final outcome, um, I'm ever the optimist. So I think Jess will have finished top. And I said that all along. Um, I uh, uh, Not comfortably, obviously, but, uh, but I, I, I do. I, I always want them to... Uh, to win every single game, and they should have that mentality to win every single game. I know I'm not mm. stupid; it won't happen. But, uh, but like right, so, I'd like Chesterfield to win the league. Thank you very much. Um, and the Player of the Year, uh, I think, has been uh, Sir Jeff King. I think he's been superb. Uh, assists, goals. Uh, okay, he's not at the greatest of what months, I'd say, but um, still, that puts him in a, a very good category as uh, one of uh, Chesterfield's greatest ever right-backs.
1: Well, you mentioned
0: your 27 years
1: since victory at Scunthorpe in the league, and the last time, that makes it 1995, which was a season Chesterfield were promoted by winning in the playoffs. So my thoughts are I think they'll go up by winning the playoffs. So uh, Mm. Because, you know, win at Scunthorpe, win at Oldham, you go down. Well, we're not going down this season Everyone at Oldham, so that will be replaced by a win at Scunthorpe and you go up via the playoffs. And I, I can't look too far away from Jeff King either. Uh, if it was just for this part of the season, 20, of the 22-23 season, I think I'd vote for Joe Quigley. If it's for 2022 as a whole, I'd vote for Jeff King. So yeah. Hmm. There you go. Daz?
2: Um, I think we'll finish first or second and I think it'll go right down to the last game. Um, and I suspect beyond all expectations of most people, that it'll be Notts County that actually drop away, and it'll be us from Wrexham um, going right to the wire. And then, of course, we'll trounce Notts in the in the playoff final, wherever it is. Um, if Wembley. we have to finish out. Wembley, is it? Back at Wembley. Um, hmm. Terms of player of the season so far... I'd have to say uh, exceeded expectations, really, for me has been Oldacre. I think he's he's a hell of a footballer. Um, I prefer him further forward than when he first came and was playing the deep-line role alongside Banksy. Uh, I think now Jones is in there and he's released more to go forward. Um, He's a very, very good footballer at this level. Um, So for him, a bit left field, but I'd say so far... Up, up to up to the end of the year, uh, from from August, I would give it him by a nose at the minute.
1: Oh, well, I don't think it's left field at all. We've had some really good performances from a lot of players. Stuart,
3: um, we will get to Wembley, and, and I don't share quite Daz's optimism that it's going to go right down to the wire. I think a few weeks beforehand, it'll be evident that it'll be the playoffs. But I think that'll work in our favour because we'll be able to spend more time preparing for that um, in, in, in that respect. Um, but I think, yes, we'll get to Wembley, and depending upon who we face, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the team that finishes second, especially if they've been leading the league immediately beforehand, and if, if they don't lose their first um, playoff game. So it, well, that Reggie
1: did last year, yeah. Of course. Well, indeed, yeah. it
3: yeah. might end up yeah. happening to them again, mightn't it? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, I think we'll, we'll we'll be best placed to go and win at Wembley if, if you know having got there, um, because you know we will have been the team that has always looked like being the strongest of the playoff contenders, if you see what I mean. Um, player of the, the season, the play, player of the calendar year 2022, yeah, Kingy, I think. Yeah, uh, Mike Jones has come in and done well, uh, but hasn't really had a long enough run at it yet. Um and as as um Daz says, uh Old Acre has, has has shown the sort of form that made him a bit of a boy wonder at Gillingham, hasn't he? Which is which is good. And Banksy came back and did ever so well when he dropped in there, but he's just kind of lost contact with the first team with injury recently, hasn't he? So King, yeah. Well, I think
1: the last question I'll, I'll be asking you, which I'll, I'll not ask straight away, we'll just say something to give you time to think about it. The last question will be: I know we're not subject to a transfer window, but if you could sign one player, and I'm talking pragmatic player uh, in the in the transfer window, window, who would it be? Assuming Cabby's moved on the uh, on the way, who would you sign? Uh, uh, but yeah, it's got to be like one that's realistic. We can't uh, we can't go for a um, some some bizarre. Uh, uh, world cup star or anything along those lines <laughs> but in the uh, in, in the meantime any other business that anybody wants to uh, to bring up while you think of who you'd sign
0: yeah Pause i just want to say up. thank you to our listeners for the listening to the six episodes or whatever we put out shamefully this this year i do apologize we we will do more for the uh, 2023. We'll pro- I promise now we'll get we'll get a few. Yeah, what well, we all
1: doing Paul is the only person who knows how to do the links.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I will promise that we will get together a lot more. But thank you very much for listening mm. uh, through the course of this year, anyway, um, for mm. for that. And uh, yes, uh, but,
1: and I'll I'll make a promise that we will do one that people can come along to as well. Yeah, uh, we shall uh, do that. A, we'll do a, a live a live with an audience of three. <laughs> So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll definitely do uh, we'll definitely do that. Uh, I, I want to mention that the the club will be launching a a, um, a supporters forum. They've been talking about it for a while, but it will be launched early in the new year to try and uh, get a a, a a route in for supporters to be able to uh, get questions and answers into the club uh, on a on an informal basis. But there will be a formal structure based around it. So looking forward for that to. Uh, happening in the in in the new year, Daryl. Player, mm, good one. I or have, any other business?
2: No, I don't have any other business. Uh, I'm going to go for Nick Kabamba. Oh, from, oh from, right, okay. From Barnet. Barnet, oh. yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's 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 quite good. Whether they um, whether they want to let him go is another matter, but that's what I'd be looking
1: at. When you look at the list of uh, of, of National League top scorers, uh, there's Langstaff, of course, who's not going to be coming to Chesterfield. Uh, Mullen, <laughs> who's not going to be coming to Chesterfield. McShane of Dorking mm. is third. Kabamba is fourth. So McShane's a number 10, and we've got plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So bamba on 12 goals is level with Ollie Palmer. So, right. uh, yeah, that's so, so, yeah, that's and, and bizarrely enough, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight equal ninth is Wrexham's center half. I don't From time to time, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, a sensible, uh, a sensible call, Kabamba. Um,
0: Paul? I would, I have, yeah, I'd like to go for and sending Jack Clark out on loan. Um, I'm going to go for Ryan Colclough of Altering Oh, you nicked my player. Sorry, sorry, Stuart. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've to look for somebody uh, else now. So sorry. <laughs> um, it, purely because Cooks worked with him before at Wigan, so that's mm. that's my argument that it did come. And he is a useful attacking player that would fit into anywhere on in the three behind. Um, and that's that's my uh, my argument for for going out to get him. Sorry, Stuart. No, it's all right. It's all right. I, you know, I. Well,
3: you can have the same one. You know, we're all mates. He caught, <laughs> he caught the eye, didn't he? He did. Would you consider McShane to be unrealistic?
0: Well, it, 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 I think he's thirty-two, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so mm. it'd be, a, it'd, it'd be an eighteen-month type of thing. Yeah. But he does score yeah. a lot of goals yeah. though? Yeah, he might want to get over the line. Do you know what I mean? He might be one of those players that you need. You know, when you sign. Mm. Yeah, just to, to, you know, to, you know, sort of. Yeah, to be a yeah.
3: You know, in addition to a to a squad rather than yeah, a single leader
2: Is he, he, he going to go full time at thirty two? Well, I know, I know.
3: Very, Very much down Probably not. No. Yeah, um,
1: uh, uh, yeah. He he does score. He, he's actually twenty eight, McShane. But oh, uh, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I only know that because I've looked. I don't know the date of birth of every uh, every. But but to be fair, yeah, the goals that he scored, he's not one of these that has had a fantastic month. Is the longest spell he's had without scoring is four games. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's, he consistently scores, but he, and he plays in a team that create chances, which, you know, Chesterfield are a, a team. Like, so, so he'd you know, it, it, it'd be a good addition, but you'd sort fits of think. in. Well,
3: yeah. Alternatively, a play, yeah. yeah. Alternatively, I suppose, and he's 31 now, he's Marius at Bromley, who's probably the player that we should have signed from, um, Kingsley when we went and signed um, the guy at now. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, uh, T- oh, yeah,
1: yeah, Mitchell.
3: Mitchell. Mitchell. Mm. Oh, Mitchell. Yeah, I think we got yeah. the wrong M, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But he's yeah, thirty-one, yeah, so he's another yeah. one who's going to be in just to help us over the line, really. Which mm, is perhaps the sort of player we need. I don't know. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah. Could, yeah. 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 At the but, end of the season. Uh, but the thing is, with Murray, he scored eight goals this season. They're all in twos.
0: Um, yeah. um, oh We need we need players like that, then, don't we? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> We've <laughs> only got one player who's done that this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you play him for a twice. game, leave
3: him out. Play him, leave him out, don't you? And he scores two goals in the games that he plays. Yeah.
1: But He's the last goal goals a game, he scored were the two. The last goals he scored were the two against Chesterfield in when we won three-two in October. All right. Right. Oh,
3: right. Okay.
1: So uh, mm. not on a great run, but yeah, he yeah. He, he was the the, the pick of the because of course Whittle was in the same Kings Lynn team at th- that time as well, I think, wasn't he? And he was mm. creating a lot of ammunition for Marriott. Uh, um, but what what yeah, would something, you know, it, the, 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 all sorts of and it is only rumours and everything about uh, uh, Shimanga and Stockport and everything along those lines. Would you do a swap for Paddy Madden? For Paddy Madden? Yes. Hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah, interesting.
1: Mm, I yeah. I'd like to. I, I'd go for that. I, I'd be happy
2: with that. Mm.
3: The, 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 the uh, other one I heard. Uh, yeah, Madden impressed for Phil. Stockport last season, playing here. Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: The other one thrown about me. the other day, and this may be completely left field, was a return for one Armand nandule <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wonder if I was talking about him earlier on today. Uh, not in that context. Uh, um, but, no, it, it, it was, no, it was the other day at the kids' party, which I mentioned earlier on, when, when the uh, 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 Quigley and and uh, Grimes were asked for their you know, favourite players. And I, I recounted the story when Nandouier signed and he only spoke French, so he came with a French teacher from St Mary's School who came alongside with a nun. It's the only time I've ever been in a with a nun. ha, <laughs> ha. And he's doing all his uh, all his answers in uh, in French, and the the teacher's translating them in an absolute sterling job. But then uh, somebody sort of says, "You yeah, know, what, what sort of player do you do you like and model yourself on?" And he's going on in French, and you just heard in the middle of a French sentence, Andy Carroll. And it was all yeah. right; you didn't translate that. We got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's yeah, playing in, uh, in France again, isn't he? Uh, Le Mans? Back, is he? Back in France. Le, yeah, Le Mans mm. or somewhere like that. Yeah. So we could race very quickly, beer in 24 hours. <laughs> 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 But certainly the Belgian Spire arts will be very happy with them. They're uh, they're over for the West Brom game. Nine of them coming from Brussels Good. for the West Brom game. Yeah. So uh, I, I know that because I fetched the tickets today. So uh, um, yeah, they uh, they booked booked on the plane and Ryanair. I think are going on strike that day, so they've had to go and find a, a nine seater van. Right. Huh. So, uh, uh, uh,
0: mean, they could come well, in yeah, our man's 24 uh, hour.
1: Uh, yeah, truck, couldn't they? So. Yeah. Yes. Well, they were great friends with Armand. He, he had some sort of cordial drink that he absolutely loved that he couldn't get in England. And every time they came over, they brought some with them. So they they had a bit of uh, a, a bit of a, a bromance going on with with <laughs> Armand and the Belgian spire ice. Well, uh, it, it's, sure. it's inevitable. It will be back then. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure yeah. they're keeping in touch with him. But but yeah, that that that'll be all right. That, I, I I'd, I'd settle for that. I'd love Byron Harrison
0: I'd oh, Byron Harrison I byron harrison Yeah, i, I, I would not settle for that <laughs> <laughs> What, he was a replacement well, for well, Owen
1: Doyle Colclough Col- Col- McShane Madden uh, Who was the other one we had Cabamba Yeah, any of them would do I'd, I'd take any of them They'd, they'd all improve the squad that's, uh, that, that's for sure But like you say, you you, you just think There's going to be people go out on loan uh jeff uh, um, uh, clark has got nowhere near as he uh, lately wow. and you need to make sure that he's fully fit before you do want to make a commitment to put him into the first 11 so uh um, yeah you know, and and, and, and sheckleford just not because king's playing so well now king is on eight bookings in the national league so he's two more mm. bookings away from a ban i think we've got one player on four it's the 23rd game against scunny so, uh, um, that makes the five go up to ten. Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, I'll just have a quick look down my bookings page, which you can't always tell when everybody, you know, the referees. But, Old Acre's on four. Uh, I thought Dobber had gone up to four, but... Uh, three, he had, isn't he? You know,
3: plus one he had, in the cup. Yeah, he
1: he's on three. Dobra's on three. So, hmm. there's only uh, Old Acre up for a fifth booking before the end of the 23rd game. But, King has got another... Uh, uh, it's not the final 23 to get to, but he's going to get another suspension, which will be a two-game. Uh, uh, he, he won't not get two more bookings before yeah. the next uh, the next deadline, will he? That's that's for sure. Mm, yeah. But uh, one of the amazing things is is Joe Quigley's not had a single yellow card yet, with all the physical battles he gets in, which shows that he's the the injured party rather than the guilty party. Yes, mm. most of the uh, most of the time, isn't he? So mm. yeah, yeah. The, 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 there's there's Oldacre on four, and then there, Mandeville's on three. Banks is on three. Williams, Dobbera are on three. Grimes is on three. And for for Grimes to have played every minute of every match and only been on three yellow cards is a great testimony to him as well. Yeah. For centre back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So there we go. So right, we uh, we got not much any other business which we did. That we said our uh, bit. So comes to me to wish everybody a happy new year, a successful new year personally, more importantly uh, as far as this podcast concerned for Chesterfield Football Club Paul Cook and the uh, the guys we will be back in the new year as Paul's uh, promised, but thanks for listening, been a nice super long one today, so uh, well done to you all, might be listening to it on your way to Wheelstone or something like that um, and we'll be uh, back in the new year hopefully uh, talking about who we've drawn in the fourth round of the Cup
0: like this podcast then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and many of your favorite podcast providers.